Hey, thanks so much for joining us for this two-week conversation. Today is part one in a, in a real short series we're just calling Finding Faith in Jesus. But first I want to tell you what this series is not about. This is not about becoming religious or even joining a religion. In fact, I'm not even really using the term becoming a Christian. Uh, not that that's a bad thing, but you know what? That means so many different things in our society. Uh, it, that word is being used in some really good ways and really some, some negative ways. But I'm talking about becoming uh, a follower of Jesus, right? I'm also not just talking about finding faith alone. You know, some people believe that, you know, that we need to have faith in anything, maybe faith in a higher power. And that might be helpful to some people, but I'm specifically talking about finding faith in the person of Jesus. You know, I like the way that Martin Luther King Jr. put it. He said this, he said, Christianity has no meaning devoid of Christ. The noble principles of Christianity remain abstract until they are personified in a person called Christ. So this is about coming into relationship with God. And it was Jesus who made that possible. It was Jesus who opened the way for us to be able to come into relationship with God himself. Now listen, you're going to find that we're using the Bible as the foundation for these couple of messages. Now you may have your own Bible, you may want to get one, uh, you know, dust it off and bring it over while you're listening. Or, or if you don't have an online Bible, you can just grab your smartphone. And, and my favorite version uh, is called Version. It's a free online Bible, and lots of different translations, some that are like the King James Version and some historic versions. But there's also some really simple, easy to read versions as well. And so that might be helpful to you. Uh, just look up you version, Y-O-U version, and put that on your phone. And that might help you to follow along as, uh, as both myself and Kaylin are bringing this message to you today. And listen, here's my hope, is that if you aren't yet a person of faith, that these two messages today and next week are going to give you this helpful, uncomplicated introduction to Jesus and to faith. And and if you are a person of faith in Jesus, that this is going to help you to put your roots down even deeper. Listen, in Hebrews chapter 11 is, uh, is a place in, in the Bible that is so rich with truth about what it means to be a person of faith. And there's some incredible examples there in Hebrews chapter 11. In verse 6, the author says this, Without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those. Mm, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we see right there at the beginning of that verse that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We can't do it unless it is through faith. We can't work hard enough. We can't be good enough. We're not going to please him unless we come to him through this thing called faith. But would you just reverse that idea for a second? Because what we, what we come to discover when we reverse it is that it is possible to please God when we come in faith. And really, we, we have to dare to trust that what God said is true. 
And here's what Jesus said. He said it in John 10, 10. He said that I have come to give you life in its fullness. That is what he has for you. And I love in Hebrews eleven six 6 that it says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So for these next two weeks, well, would you just seek Jesus? Would you, would you talk to him? Would you, would you say a prayer that maybe one similar to my dad prayed decades ago when he said, God, I don't even know if you're real, but I'm giving you this next period of time to show yourself to me because he really wanted to believe. And so he just asked God, God, would you make yourself real to me? And man, God did in a big, big way. But over this next two weeks, we're going to be looking at specifically at four ways that God actually does reward those who put their trust in him. Now, the name of our church is a little bit unusual maybe to some. It's, we're a four-square church. We're the Santa Maria Four-Square Church. And we use four symbols that really represent four different roles of Jesus. One, we use the cross. And that indicates that Jesus is our Savior. And then there's the dove that reminds us that he is also the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Third, there's the copper or a chalice. And that reminds us that Jesus is our healer. And fourth, we use that symbol of the crown that reminds us that Jesus is our soon coming king. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment that these roles of Jesus um, really are different ways that he rewards those who put their trust in him. Hey, would you, would you look at these words and, and, and listen and just think more about these? That as Jesus is our Savior, he rewards us with new life. And also, as the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, man, he gifts us and rewards us with a spiritual empowerment that we would never have without Jesus. Then third, Jesus is our healer, and we're reminded that in him we have redemption in every area of our life, not just physical healing, but in every area that has been broken, we can experience redemption as part of our reward in Christ. And then fourth, as our soon coming king, but we remember that we have been given hope in Jesus. Hope for the future, but hope for today as well. And today, Kayla and I are going to be talking about these first two in these series of four. And so I'm going to be talking about, uh, in Jesus, us having new life. And then Kayla's going to come and talk about that in Jesus that we have power. Now, when it comes to having new life in Jesus, I want us to look at one paragraph in the Bible. It was written by a man named Paul. And at one point in Paul's life, he was a very religious man who was also very, very evil. But Jesus intersected his life and came into relationship with Paul in such an amazing, powerful way that it not only transformed him, but God used him powerfully, and he wrote about two-thirds of what we call the New Testament, the, the back half of, of Scripture. And Paul wrote one letter to the church in the city of Rome. And I just want to look at chapter 5, verses 8 through 11 
of this amazing letter that Paul wrote to believers, people who are finding faith in Jesus. And so would you read along with me verses 8 through 11? And then we're going to break this little paragraph down and talk about it for a few minutes. Paul wrote and said this, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Hey, so let's break this down and just take a look at some of the ideas that Paul was sharing about finding faith in Jesus. And let's start with the very last thought that Paul dropped on us right there. He said that Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Listen, God's goal has always been to restore relationship. Sin has separated us from God. But Jesus paid the price by going to the cross to restore our relationship with him. What was very first broken way back in Genesis chapter 3, where sin entered the human story and there was this breaking of relationship with God, the rest of scripture points to the fact that a savior would one day come to restore our relationship with God. Yeah, and that was Jesus. So now back to the beginning of that passage in Romans. And it said, this is what Paul said. He said, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die. And listen, that reminds me of, of another scripture that most probably is the very most famous uh, passage in all of Scripture, is John three sixteen, that simply states this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. He so loved you and me that he gave. His love propelled him to give. And not just give any gift, but he gave his very best. He gave his own son, Jesus, to go to the cross for you and me. And, and then what Paul reminds us of here in Romans, he said that he did that. He gave that very best gift while we were still sinners. And we're reminded right here that we did nothing to earn God's favor. We did nothing to earn this miraculous, amazing, transformational gift. We come into faith because God, in his mercy, reached out to us in love. And so finding faith in Jesus is in many ways reaching back out to him and grabbing hold of his hand, 
the one that he extended in the person of Jesus. And then Paul went on and said this, that it's by the blood of Christ that he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. And I love that word, certainly. There's a certainty that we have as people who have put our trust, put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we are certainly saved. That we don't have to doubt it. We don't have to wonder about it. It wasn't my behavior and my goodness that got me into salvation and into relationship with Jesus. And it's not my goodness or my own righteousness that keeps me in relationship with Jesus. I can have a certain faith. Why? Well, what Paul said, it's because of Jesus' blood. Because he shed righteous, sinless blood. That he can tell us this. And it's stated over and over in scripture that, that friends, that our sin is fully forgiven. So we no longer have to feel like we're drowning in the sea of regret for mistakes that we've made and sins that we've committed and our behaviors and our thoughts and our actions that have just really been pretty broken by sin. And I love what Paul says there. He says that there is no condemnation. Zero. God does not look at us with anger or even frustration because of our sin and our brokenness. It says there's no condemnation, even though, well, that's what I deserve. How about you? And we looked at John 3.16 just a moment ago, but do you know what John 3.17 says? The very next words that came from Jesus were this. He said, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Wow, God does not condemn us, but he came to save us. How is this possible? Friends, it's because of the cross, because of his sinless blood that was poured out for all of humanity. Good people, bad people. People that we look at and say, ah, oh, they live pretty good lives. And then other people that we look at and say, man, those people are just flat out evil. Jesus does not discriminate. Jesus poured out his blood for all of humanity that we all might put our faith in him. And here's where we kind of get that, the, the idea of salvation. You know, it says that he will certainly save us. And maybe you've heard of salvation. You know, this means that Jesus saves us from death and gives us this gift of new life as a reward for putting our trust in him. This is such a radical concept, literally moving from spiritual death to spiritual life, that Jesus called it this. In John chapter 3, he called it being born again. And that's part of our reward, this coming to new life, being born all over again, not from our mama, but born in the spirit. And so now Paul says we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. So have you experienced this? Is there a joy in your heart that is there because of your friendship with God? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I know a lot of people when they, when they think about who they are spiritually, 
they really think of an emptiness or they think of a void or they think of pain or they think of judgment that God is out to condemn them for their lifestyle, their actions, their choices. But that's not what God's word said. One, he says that he loves us and and he also says that he does not condemn us. And then he says this, that we can have this joy, this joy in our heart because of this friendship that we can have with God. And that is what is possible when we put our trust in Jesus. We get to receive this reward of new life and experience the joy of a restored relationship with God himself. But not only can we come to new life in Jesus, man, he also promises to give us these other rewards, his power, his healing and redemption, and this hope that comes as we recognize that he's coming back again for you and for me as our soon coming king. We're gonna talk about those last two next Sunday, but hey, would you continue listening in close because Kaylin is now coming and she's gonna talk about this promised gift, this reward that God will bring with his empowerment. Hey everybody. Today, as we're talking about finding our faith in Jesus, I think it's really important for us to know who Jesus is and what he did for us. From the time that Jesus was born until the time that he was put to death on the cross, he performed many miracles. The Bible tells us about how Jesus went around healing the sick, setting people free from demonic oppression, turning water into wine, and turning a few fish and a few loaves of bread into enough food to feed thousands of people. Jesus was the Son of God who came to earth and he performed all of these incredible miracles. But do you know what some shocking words were that Jesus said before he went to the cross? In John 14, 12, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. How incredible is that? How could that even be that we as humans could do the same things and even greater things than the Son of God? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform all of these miracles and to do all these incredible things on earth. In Acts 10, 38, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God gave Jesus the Holy Spirit and it empowered him to do all these incredible things. And before Jesus left the earth, he promised that he would fill us with the same spirit and we would receive that same power. Jesus said in John 14, 16, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads in to all truth. And probably his followers and his disciples with him at that time were probably thinking, 
well, Jesus, why don't you just stay with us? That's probably better than you going away and sending somebody else to be with us. But do you know what Jesus says? In John 16, 7, he said, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. That's incredible. Jesus himself said that I have to go away so that you can receive this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. In this translation of the Bible, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. Other translations say that the Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our encourager, and our counselor. There are so many roles that the Holy Spirit can play in the lives of those who follow Jesus. But there is one clear role that Jesus tells us about. He says in Acts 1.8 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is the truth. In Jesus, we have power. Today, you've already heard about how in Jesus we have new life because Jesus came to the earth as our Savior. And he gave us this gift of a new life. But Jesus also promised that he would give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that would come and empower us to live this new life to the fullest, that we would be able to do all that God has for us to do. In fact, in Romans 8:11, it tells us that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That is so amazing that the same Spirit, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. And that means that we truly can do all that Jesus said we could do. But you know what is also really incredible about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes so that we would be empowered, and He truly does have this incredible, mighty power that is available to you and I. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to us in power. He also comes to us in a very, very personal way. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is also our comforter and our encourager. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you today as your comforter. In the world we live in today that is filled with disease and hatred and violence and racism, we can find ourselves being very uncomfortable. But in the midst of all of this, the Holy Spirit is with you to bring you comfort. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit helps to guide us into truth, and He will remind us of all the things that Jesus has taught us. When I was younger in school, I used to think that that meant that I could go into my math test and pray, Holy Spirit, please remind me of all of the things that I've learned in this class so that I will do well on this test. <laughs> and while that's a very immature perspective, in a way, it's kind of close to the idea 
The Holy Spirit isn't there to give me the answers to a test. But there are definitely seasons in my life where I have felt like I am being tested every day. And every day I'm going through trials that I have to face and sometimes I don't know what to do and I don't know which way to go. But the Holy Spirit has been with me to guide me. And that same Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus gave us the greatest gift by giving us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do all that God has called us to do. In Jesus, we have new life. And in Jesus, we have power. And all we have to do to receive this incredible gift is to say yes. So today, I would like to pray for us. For all of us who are going to say yes to finding our faith in Jesus. Whether you've had faith before and have decided to turn away, today is your day that you can come back and say yes, brand new, to all that Jesus would have for you, to this new life and to this power. Or if today is your first time saying yes to Jesus, I want to pray with you today. Lord God, we thank you so much for all that Jesus has done for us, that he paid the price to set us free and to give us a new life in you. So Jesus, today I want to pray for all of us that we would say yes to having this faith in Jesus, the Son of God who came to give us new life and to fill us with this incredible power of the Holy Spirit that comes to give us the power to do that all that you have called us to do and also to bring comfort and to guide us. Lord God, we thank you so, so much for this incredible gift. You are so good, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As we conclude today, we're going to go into a time of worship in song. And I would like to encourage you today to worship, remembering all that Jesus has done for you and remembering that he has given you new life and the power to live that life to the fullest. God bless you.